0: This is S.A.F.M. Yeah. Thank you. Mahala A-Time is back bigger and better. Hello, caller. Hot. Well, thank you very much.
1: <laughs> thank you very much. Third time lucky, eh? Thanks very much, Karabo. Indeed, it is all things literature. It's S.A.F.M. Literature with me, Nancy Richards, here in Cape Town. hope you're going to stay with us for the next few hours. Well, it's me here in Cape Town. I also have Cassie Lowers here in Cape Town. And in Johannesburg, we have Bonger, Zweni and Kanya Balani. So, and we also have you, so if any stage you would like to give us a call and share the conversations here on SAFM Literature, the number to do it on is 0892102010. 0892102010. Or if you'd like to just pop us an SMS, you can do that too. 34701, 34701. So now that we finally got started, let me tell you what we've got lined up between now and 4 o'clock. And I hope you're going to be able to stay with as much of it as you possibly can. First up, I think really, really, I think you might like to listen to this one in the hero slot. We have a one-woman poetry feast. We're going to be talking to Anki Kroch about her brand-new book of poetry called Simply Skinned. And I want to say that if you only ever buy one book of Anki's poetry, this is probably the one to invest in. Having said that, um, I've just spoken to her earlier, and in fact she's writing another one right now in Germany. So you might like to change your mind on that. So we're going to be chatting to Anki Kroch in just a minute. In word of mouth, we're going to be talking to the owner of Woodley's Literary Services, which I have to say sounds blissfully old fashioned, but let me tell you that it's very much in line with current publishing trends, and we'll find out why from Colin Chaplin. He's the founder, and he has all the details. After two, our book two at two o'clock, it's called Noble Intentions. And the author, he's a first time author, he's Minente Mbuso Nene, and he's going to be talking about his intentions in putting across this story, which is. Well, it's all about a young teacher who gets caught up in drug dealing that is about to ruin his school and his reputation. So we'll find out uh, where that story came from and how I enjoyed putting it together. And then our reader for today, and if, don't forget, if you'd like to tell us what you're reading, we're always keen to hear. You can let us know on books at safm.co.za, or you can contact me, Nancy, uh, Richards N at safm.co.za. But our reader for today is Lebo Ramadike, and he has thoughts on Gayton Mackenzie's Hustler's Bible. And then at 2.30, at uh, 2.30, a bit of a treat, I think, for botanists. In a documentary I've called K100, This is the Place. And I will be bringing you a tribute to Kirsten Bosch's 100th birthday. Then after three, warming the fireside is once again is Roger Webster and he's going to be giving another one of his his stories from the past. And today he's promised us something a little bit literary, which is rather appropriate and rather nice. So I look forward to that one. And then at 3.15, the promise word fest. What's coming up is part of the National Arts Festival, uh, which is starting next week, and it's the dedicated WordFest in its 13th year. Uh, we're going to be talking to the founder, Chris Mann, who's also at the Institute for the Study of English in Africa, that's at Rhodes University, and he's going to be telling us a little bit too about the rash of literary fests spreading across the world. But let me remind you, talking of the National Arts Festival, that we, this programme, certainly will be at the, uh, at the Arts Festival uh, from Sunday, and also otherwise we'll be there next week. But there are quite a lot of us going from SAFM, so we'll be able to bring you all the excitement from the National Arts Festival right to your Door. And then to close after that, Sunday Play. That's what we've got lined up. I just want to give you a quick couple of footnotes, as it were, uh, whilst we're on to things uh, literary. Coming up next Saturday is the Sunday Times Literary Awards in Johannesburg. Well, they've got uh, they've got short listings for both the Alan Payton non-fiction and for the Sunday Times fiction. And just quickly, FYI, those shortlisted for the Alan Payton Award are The Last Africana Leaders. Biko, A Biography, Rat Roads, Killing for Profit, Endings and Beginnings. And the shortlisted for the Sunday Times Fiction Prize are The Institute for Taxi Poetry, For the Mercy of Water, Entanglement, The Unlikely Genius of Dr. Cuthbert Kamazuma, and The Book of War. And those are books, well, certainly we've certainly heard about a couple of them here on the program, but uh, hope to hear a lot about more of them in the future, and very best of luck to all those finalists. And it's, it's a great thing to be a finalist anyway. And just something to note, if you're in Cape Town, incidentally, the Book Lounge are hosting a fundraiser for the library project for Westridge High School, and they're having a woman-only quiz night on July the 12th, so put your thinking cap on for that one, but so if you want to find out more, booklounge.co.za, July the 12th, make a note in your diary, women only, though I guess you could come and drag, you know, why not? Uh, and on the subject of libraries, a brand new library has opened in Rudderport just recently. It's part of the city of Swanee's bid to improve the lives of its residents in rural communities. Nice. And also nice, how nice is this one? The South African Rugby Union has embarked on a major corporate social investment to supply fully stocked mobile or refurbished libraries to previously disadvantaged schools in their Box for Box programme. Nice one. Go Box. Uh, if you want to find out more about that, www.sarugby.co.za. And you're listening to SAFM Literature. Stay with us.
0: SAFM Current Affairs continue to look at the issues. We look at developing stories, and stories not in the mainstream, by giving you an evening update on Weekend PM Live, Saturday and Sunday from 8 to 9 p.m. SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. Yeah.
1: It is indeed and it's your Sunday feast of words and books and thoughts about words and books and all of the above And first up, in our hero slot today, Anki Kroch strikes again. Well, as I said earlier, if you only ever buy one of Anki's books of poetry, this is probably the one to get, but uh, I want to retract that statement, because actually I just spoke to Anki earlier, and she's in Germany, busy writing a very new book, so you might want to think about uh, just adding both of them to your collection. Well, Skinned, which is the one that we're going to be talking about, it's a selection of translated poems, and... uh, What it does, it represents her work and what's been going on in her mind across her word-heavy career. So it falls into four sections. A, uh, loosely, her beginnings and family. B, the influence of Lady Anne Barnard. C, narratives from the first people. And D, the politics and turmoil of South Africa, roughly. But we have Anki on the line to tell us a little bit more. Hi, Anki.
2: Good day, Nancy.
1: I feel it's just such a privilege for us to be with you in your little flat there in Germany where you're busy <laughs> beavering away writing your next book of poems. It feels like such an honor. <laughs>
2: so no, just, I'm not, uh, it's not going so smoothly. Is it not? We'll, let's, um, then we'll, we'll yeah, give you a honest. bit of a break. Yeah. yeah, but, you know, the older one gets the, the more the counter voices in oneself you know, are saying, why don't you just shut up, why don't you stop, it's so much easier not to do it, and yeah, so. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, let us be a countervoice. don't even think about listening to those countervoices. you have so many words left in you that it would be an absolute crime if you were to stop, in fact, you, I mean, no pressure at all, absolutely, but the <laughs> fact that you're there in Germany, you're, you're on a Dud Fellowship for Artists, tell us about that.
2: Uh, It is uh, uh, regarded as a German academic exchange service, but the the Deutsch for it is Deutsche Akademische Austauschdienst. And it has served already more than a thousand uh, artists. This year they have, and every year they have six writers, six visual artists, and then three filmmakers and three composers. Um, They started in 1964. It was started by with Ford money but then the German government took it over so we are spread across Berlin in different flats uh, and paid a stipend and given a year. Hmm.
1: Are you also given an indication of what it is you have to do or did you apply and say this is what I want to do please may I come?
2: They invite you to apply and then look at what you want to do um, and then Okay, but no one checks, you know. I mean, this is the. <laughs> I'm, I'm sort of. It's only my sort of Puritan or 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 uh, you know uh, Calvinistic yeah. upbringing that will force me to really have something at the end of the year. Otherwise, I'll kill myself. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, no one is really checking on you and seeing. Well, was this worth a year's of German money, you know?
1: Yeah, sure. um, which
2: makes it even more. Wonderful.
1: Yeah, I think of all those angry German
2: people. If you don't <laughs> deliver, you're going to have to get on with it. Right? But yeah. it is strange to think about how people must believe in art. Um, and it also says in its, you know, why it's doing it. It is to um, bring artists across the world together because they believe that art can say things, important things. And one must remember that. One of the first indications of the terrible things that happened in the Second World War was to you know, get rid of the artists, yeah. chase them, kill them, burn them books. So the moment that you ignore artists you are or fighting with them you are actually in, in, in deep danger. But the other reason why they do it, they say it's to liberate artists from the dictates of the market. Oh, and oh. do I love that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it sounds like it sounds like it could be so slightly conflicted, um, the fact that, you know, here we are saying there's absolutely no pressure. Nonetheless, you do really have to produce something. There's no discipline. Um, you're relieved from the dictates of the market, which is a good thing. But you're also relieved from all the daily pressures that, that a lot of people in your situation use as
2: excuses not to sit down and do what you've got to do. When you, um, my age, it, it is harder to write, and it is, uh, and especially, I think, when you live in South Africa, and you're white, you're Afrikaans, there's so many um, things that you have to overcome to, to, to get to the act of writing. And also mm-hmm. one's life, I have an academic life, I have a literary life, but I have a family life. And you make lists, you make a list for today, you make a list for the week, you make a list for the month, and then something happens and all those lists are just sort of gone and you have to restart again. Now, to to come to a place like this, it usually takes me two weeks to quiet down Mm. because it's absolutely silent here. I don't even have a radio, I don't have TV. It's just silence. And then after about 10 days, I can feel it faltering through and I begin to hear the the voice because basically I, sometimes I feel I'm I'm tired of carrying the anki that I created around, mm. and and here it's it's gone. I can begin to think what must be said, and and because there's no one to talk to, there's no one at, in the evenings here. My husband is, is um, only coming next year, um, and I. Your subconscious is sorting things out. You know, you write, and then you go to the kitchen and you pour milk. But ah, oh, all right, yeah, of course. Oh, be careful there. So it's all the time then busy with what you are doing. With which is a great, great privilege. When I was young, I could do it anyway. You know, I was, I was sort of, and I had little to. Organized as a young person, I think I was uh, very insecure, but I had a simple life. My life is now complicated, and I'm so insecure, and so this is, this is a, a really a, such a huge gift.
1: Yeah. Well, it's... Mm. I'm not sure there's. I'm sure there's an expression for it. Yes, yes. Well, it sounds like it, it sounds like it's a gift that is. It's a complicated, and I'm sure there's a Latin expression for gifts that come with a sort of a bit of a mixed blessing. But you know, I, I hear exactly what you say. You you hear the voice, and having been reading through some of your poems, what you your work is so much involved with what's going on in your life all the time, and to have everything that's going on in your life removed means. What then do you write about?' You know what, I'm going to give you a chance to think about that, because um, we're looking at two things here. We're looking at what you're presently writing, which I think is fascinating to be part of that process, or for us to eavesdrop on that process, but we also want to hear a little bit about skin. So let's look at the differences between the two. In a minute, we're going to take a quick break. We're talking to Anki Kroch about her brand new book that is uh, presently on the computer, or not, and uh, the book that she's recently uh, produced, which is
0: called Skinned, a Selection
1: of Translated Poems. Stay tuned.
0: Mahala airtime is back Bigger and better Hello caller How can I win 50% free airtime I've got skills eh uh-huh. I can rock climb without a harness Get a hole in with my eyes closed sure. I can even walk backwards Oh a hill with my... my friend You are a winner already Just by being with MTN All you have to do is recharge To get 50% Mahala airtime Every day at any time To make free MTN to MTN calls Send SMSs And use the internet Sweet but Now that's bigger and better Mahala for you Conditions apply Minimum recharge value is 10 Rand This
1: is uh-huh. SAFM. Yay. And here on SAFM Literature, we're very privileged to be talking to Anki Kroch, who is, as we speak, busy working on her very latest book of poems in Germany. She's over there for a fellowship. Let's just stay with, with, with the, what you're trying to do right now. In your suitcase, did you take with you ideas for what it was that you wanted to write, or were you waiting for that stilled mind and the silence to see what emerged out of it?
2: brought a, a, a sort of rubbish bin that is half finished poems, thoughts, um, poems that have never worked, um, newspaper clippings, um, quotations, etc. Where, where I never had time to really uh, look into it or see where it uh, can take one. And it's a variety of things. I like a volume to begin with with the rough edge that is round one. And finally when you when you work towards the end and you work towards a title, then you see what shorts, what's missing. And the older I get, the more you know, the the the, the more it is love poems that that gets missing. Mm. Earlier, it was just love poems, and someone said, "But but get serious, don't you have some politics to put in?" Now it's the other way around. Oh it's, it's dear! Also... <laughs> <laughs> and so it's this quietness and this missing of my husband that, mm. in a way, makes me rethink him and 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 then simply miss him and miss him as. Um, as a partner for you know thirty six years um they um, asked uh, tony vis how uh christo wiese how did he stay married so long and it he said it was um uh, f- uh, intimidation from both sides <laughs> <laughs> and and it's more or less you know uh, so it's it's nice to miss him and not to have him and to communicate in other ways. We don't mm-hmm. phone. Yeah. We write, as we did in the old and right at the beginning. So so maybe some of that will uh, come back. I'm also trying to change my style. I I have become, uh, I perform a lot, read my things aloud, and I've come to sound like myself. Mm. And I want to see whether I can sound differently.
1: Mm sort of like phoenix sort of read re- but not that there are any ashes <laughs> here but but that uh, you can sort of rebirth yourself because you've made a number of references to age and i think you know, I, I hear what you say you know things that it becomes you have to work that much harder but at the same time you have so much more going on in your head you have so much yeah, more wisdom you yeah. have so much more perspective on things um you know which which uh which in itself is a gift but which is a bit of a mixed blessing
2: Yes, because you can have too much in there. So it, it, there's too much brain and not not enough, you know, st- strong, clean, lovely lines, you know. it's it maybe be just uh, plodding of thoughts. So it's to get back, um, you know, a, a kind of ease as well.
1: Just even listening to you talk and certainly reading your poems, I think, where do you find these words? And it's not so much you find clever words that you know that people don't use anymore that have you know sort of complicated words it's it's the way in which you use the words and when you talk there about hearing the voice the voices that you're hearing around you when you do get out there into the into the Strasse or go and do shopping whatever would be german voices now already you have a lot of uh language floating around in your head translation is very important to you it's it's the german that you're hearing not complicating all of that
2: No, it's actually assisting because um, it it is uh, um, a—it's like a a cousin from Afrikaans. So sometimes words would come up, like I've just read "austauschdienst," and "austauscht." Would my Afrikaans feels as if it remembers that word? We don't have a word like that in Afrikaans, but it remembers something of that. So um, I, I go everywhere with a, you know, pen and paper, and I, I write down all these words that I, that, that is not Afrikaans but reminds me of, of things. So it, it's doing, and, and there's lovely, lovely German poetry, and, and one of the, I mean, the most beautiful poems. Um, and poetry that I've discovered here uh, was um, uh, sometime when I was back was by Paul Celan, and oh God, it is just astonishing. Um, so you buy CDs and you listen to it and you start reading. I also took classes uh, about his work, and he. What what especially interests me of him is that he hated. German. he was a jew and his both his parents were killed so he wrote in a language that he was angry at and so he sounds also different from the other german poets and yet at the same time oh god he he, he he uses this language
1: angry at words that you're angry at do you get angry with uh, I mean there's a lot of emotion in all of your poems, but is anger one of your driving forces
2: yes it it was gone at one stage the the the, the beautiful stage, but the anger is is so fierce now um about what is you know how we are squandering uh, squandering squandering what we have received um and And I I think one of the the, the questions one also battles with is how do you make poetry matter? How do you write that you change something? How do you criticize with your work so that it helps, not that it destroys? In other words, I'm not thinking of writing poetry that humiliates people, Mm. but you want to write so that People say feel, no, we must do it differently. Let's let's do it in an, in another way, and that is extremely difficult. I I haven't found uh, a writer who is able to do that yet. Um, the moment that they say something, there is a furious backlash, or just they ignore um, you know, so you don't matter. So it's, it's yeah, it's a mixed bunch.
1: Do you need to test your words on other people? I'm just thinking of you sitting solitary and silently in your atelier there, or whatever the German equivalent is. Do you, do you um, practice, do you read it out loud? Is it, is it necessary for it to fall on other ears, for it to, you to get a response on how it feels?
2: I think one of the things that makes a poet different from a prose writer, perhaps, is that you hear, so... The moment that I see a word I hear it. So when I write it, I hear it. Um and it 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 is then as I hear it. So I don't necessarily have to have to test that. I do need a reader which is um I have a first reader and the first reader is my husband. So the poor poor man, when he comes here, you know, you feed him and you're very friendly and then you lock him up and say, Okay, now you must read and you walk around and you think what is he why is he scratching his back why does he want water you know what, what, so it's it's and you know and then he has to say and he's very 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 good at that to mm. say No, this bores me that doesn't work. He has no reason, but I—he has a very good sort of from from school times. Oh, <laughs> uh, he's my first reader. Wow. Okay, and then further, you know, uh, when you send it to a publisher, there's certain publishers that one trust and so on. But to read it, to test it on friends, I've not. I don't. I, I think you put an onus on them. Yeah. You you'd expect of them to now deal with your own. Things that you actually should sort out by yourself
1: yeah, yeah, i 'm sure there'll be many people who' be only too delighted to be a listener to your words are uh, certainly coming straight off the hot off the press there um, you know i 'm just looking at the time thinking we haven 't even started on skinned we 're going to be taking a cricket crossing in just a minute natalie we 're just waiting um, sorry anki waiting to get Natalie on the line and as soon as we do we 're going to cross to her, but I just want to um, I would like you, if you if you can, to find a piece that you could read to us. Have you got a copy of Skinned with you? Yes, I have. Okay. Um, in my head, I can hear you. I remember once hearing you uh, read the poem "What the Stars Say" and uh, and the stars say "soul, soul." Oh. I carry that in my head um, for a, for a long time. But the other poem that I really absolutely love is your prose poem to Desmond and T- Leah Tutu, which I think it's so wonderful that you should be writing a praise poem which is really interesting so but i'll leave it to you to decide what you would like to read uh and we've got natalie on the line so if you wouldn't mind just holding monkey and we will come right back to you lovely Natalie, are you with us?
0: Yes, I am, Nancy, but I unfortunately don't have the best of news with regards to the final between England and India. It's been raining and raining throughout most of the morning. It's very dark as well over Edge baston in Birmingham and it's not looking good for a start. We have had the toss though. At that time it had stopped for a while and we had the chance to take the toss, all was ready and unfortunately it just started raining before the players were gonna come out. All the covers are on at the moment. The super soppers are out They're trying to keep the as dry as possible so that when it does stop raining we can get on the park as soon as we can. England won the toss and chose to bowl first and they have made one change to their team Tim Bresnan is back in and that's at the expense of Stephen Finn who in the semi-final against South Africa probably didn't have one of his best of games. He was a little expensive but in these types of conditions you would expect Stephen Finn to be pretty good but the England team felt it was best to go with Tim Bresnan as he does get a bit of reverse swing For India, the team that has been unbeaten in the tournament have gone unchanged yet again. Not for the first time they have been unchanged because throughout the tournament they've stuck with the same winning 11. So they found a nice consistency in their team. But unfortunately, right now, it doesn't look like that's going to matter. We could possibly not get on the park at all. If this game is rained out, the teams will share the cup. They will not have a reserve day, which obviously would be a sad way to end the tournament. But we'll obviously keep you updated. But for now, unfortunately, Nancy, not the best of news
1: oh natalie how disappointing um you know and as you say if they have to share it that would be it seems like sort of a washout quite literally
0: yeah ties are not fun (laughs) no absolutely
1: not for anybody and certainly not for the people who paid to go and see it oh dreadful dreadful natalie thank you very much we'll be chatting later on we'll catch up again later on two thirty, and who knows but the, the clouds may have passed and the sun may come out still Thanks very much Well, that. uh, We'll be getting back to Edgbaston in Birmingham, England versus India, around about half past two. But right now we're talking to Anki Kroch. And uh, Anki, you're still with us? Yes. And now you know that it's raining in Birmingham. (laughs) (laughs) What's the weather like
2: there in Germany? It is very hot. Mm. Today is a bit overcast, but we had a heat wave. It was 35, 38. People are swimming, oh. sitting in the sun, drinking beer. Oh, not conducive to
1: writing poetry, no. wouldn't you? <laughs> I'm going to leave you in peace with the poem that you, poetry that you are currently with and bring you back to Skin, the selection of translated poems, from what to what, and in each case, different
2: Um, Translation from the Afrikaans work. Um, So basically, um, it was uh, a publisher in in New York who wanted a volume to introduce me to an overseas audience, and so he asked me to compile a volume that comes from both uh, Down to My Last Skin and uh, Body Bereft. So I put that together, and then he made, Dan Simon, he made some um, suggestions of... um, what he would also like in, and then he said but I heard that you translated uh, from African languages into Afrikaans poems and I want some of that so I put in a lovely uh, uh, Sepedi love poem there's also a Zulu love poem I put some of the uh, Khoisan work of the Kham in and then um, for an experiment I wrote a praise poem for Desmond and Leah Tutu and thought to use then the devices of a praise poem. And there's several devices. The one is to say, oh, 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 there's something important to say. There's something important to say. Who will milk the cow? Who will now milk the cow um, to get to get the milk out? And then the, the the oral poet, the Mbongi, would say, me, I, I will, I will, I will. And then, but you must introduce yourself. I'm so-and-so from that. I'm so-and-so. And I do this and this and this and that. And then you move in. Uh, to your subject, and the subject usually you also choose a word like uh, in the Mandela praise poems they would use uh, holy classa, and then they would make a wide variety of words that links to uh, holy, holy classa. So I um, used then the word hand um, that works uh, that 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 then thread through the poem. You also make combinations. You make praise names. Instead of just to say tutu, you would say him who is never afraid to say the unwanted things. And that would then be a name for him. So a lot of synonyms where you call someone uh, uh, in in different names. And then there's also the um, uh, uh, ending. You, You don't... You actually just stop. You continue and continue. But I can continue for on and on and on, but like the star with a, with a, the with a tail, I will disappear. It's like a shooting star. I'm now disappearing. And then they usually end in kosa. They end with ndigham, which means, okay, this is now the end of the poem. So I wrote it first in Afrikaans, then sent it to Dyson, who was also a translator of the Bible. So he translated it into kosa, Idiomatic kosa, and then he translated it back into Afrikaans, which then, it makes then, so that all the Afrikaans idioms were then, you know, changed into, into, uh, for, for example, I would say, hele le, hele le, listen to me. And he would then, in kosa, say, sharpen your ears. And I would say, I have something important to say. And he would say, burning beads are gathering at the bottleneck. And so on and so, and then I translated that, of course, into, into English.
1: Whoa. it's been through so many incarnations. <laughs> I mean, the, you know, you don't do anything quickly and lightly or easily. Um, and, and this is a complete indication I mean, the very fact of you writing it in the first place in Afrikaans. And then having it translated and translated back again. And then you t- translating it into English. And I just love the analogy of, the, of Desmond and Leatutu Tutu being the two hands. And the, and the one hand, the one washes the other, and the other hand holds the one. It's...
2: Yeah, it's, uh, um, you know, it's, it's how they, I, I, I think he is blessed to have someone like Leah. It, I, I, you know, not that I think it's, a, it's a necessarily a marriage made in heaven, but to have someone who is so always speaking out, it can be nerve wracking for a, for a family and, a, and a, uh, you know, especially also a wife. Um, you want me to read a bit here? Why not? Uh, the hand of this man of God Can spread the wings of an eagle And pick up a crowd of people And put them onto abundant plains Put them in the protective bite of a river On the mountain of insight and vision In the care of his God Because of the prayers of this hand Of the eloquent one The sun stood still over the townships And also the moon in the Midlands With his prayers he weaves the backbone of this country He binds us in sheaves and he stacks us The hand of this one who is the length of a he stacks us us. He stacks us into big and mighty roofs. He stacks us into shelters for when the sun scorches the hoopoe bird. He stacks us into huts that protect against rain and cold. He stacks us. He stacks us into structures for the cool gentle breezes of the mornings. I praise this back that carries the marks of many rejections. I praise the cheeks that carry the sadness of many humiliations. The shoulders that carry the scars of someone who always says the unheard of never said before things. I praise. I praise the shadow that carries the love of a whole country, a man who spreads great spaces of peace across the world.
1: Oh, it's wonderful. Has he heard it?
2: (laughs) He heard it in Kosa, but I got a feeling he didn't like it. (laughs) I'm not sure whether he didn't like the Kosa or whether he felt embarrassed. <laughs> Maybe you're just feeling a bit insecure <laughs> over there.
1: <laughs> but, you know, Anki, we sort of, you know, but there's so much to talk about because, as I say, your book is it's in four sections and I'm thinking we have Desmond and Leah Tutu, we have the first people, we have Lady Anne Barnard, we have your own marriage, your own life, your feelings about politics, all in this one book, which is extraordinary. Um, if I can just spend a moment on Lady Anne Barnard, why... Um, you write about her in, in a very particular way. What is What caught your imagination about Lady Anne Barnard?
2: That was a, a sort of uh, the volume that got all the prizes in Afrikaans. Uh, it, it appeared just before the new South Africa. And I was looking, I was living in the rural areas, hey, and I was looking for a metaphor of someone who is well-meaning, talented, uh, knowing the country, going through the country, experiencing it, and privileged and what does she do with it and she was just a fantastic um uh, project um because she 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 was all those things and and couldn 't really she, she wrote she did these beautiful um uh, watercolors of the country she kept the diaries. And yet, you know, with, she was so clothed in privilege that she couldn't really change anything. So, in I wrote in an epic of her. Um, it was a one volume called Lady Anne, where I describe her period in the Cape. That is sort of in, in classical uh, rhyming um, uh, epic verse. And then I was the bard, like every hero needs a bard. So this theme: heroine with a bardess probably, and then my own problem, I want to write about the the state of emergency. Uh, We were severely harassed by police during that time. I want to write about that. What do I do with this privileged woman and this this seclude, seclude, cut off from South African life in a way by her privilege? So that's a long epic volume of which I could only, you know, do a glimpse of um, in, in this translation for this volume
1: nonetheless glimpses give one a hunger for, for something more and just coming back to what you were saying about you know and I think it's a really interesting thing that you know the Anki that you have created the voice that you have created you want to sound different um, it, it's difficult to sort of force yourself into into a different sort of shape but does I mean holding skins now is this the last we're going to hear of this particular voice is your new voice going to be very very different as you've got so far
2: In Afrikaans, yeah, I think I, I will. I I think I am going to sound different. The translation is a mess. It's a huge other separate problem, because now here I do readings here in Germany, and they want to translate it into German. But of course they need the English as well. Especially they need the English. Now I hurriedly translate. It into English it's not when I don't know when it's not working in and it, it's two different languages this this in German you can make one word with a lot of things put in it also in Afrikaans also in Dutch but you cannot do that in English so I don't know whether' it's, one is able to sound differently in English I'll, I'll, I'll see.
1: we look forward to hearing. (laughs) It's been really, really fascinating. It's really been a little bit of an insight into the life of being a poet, and I think that if anybody thinks writing poetry is easy, maybe after this they might just think again.
2: Yeah, but I'm not a good example, hey?
1: (laughs) young people life it flows out of them so <laughs> it's it's different and we go back to the wisdom that you have acquired over the years is is irreplaceable it's been a real treat thank you very much and we look forward to hearing the the results the fruits of your labors there in germany anki Croft. thank you very much
2: Thank Take you very care. much. Thank you, Nancy.
1: Take care. Anki Kroch, and uh, as I say, well, certainly something to look forward to is the results of uh, for her year there in uh, Germany. But if you'd like to get hold of her book called Skinned, a selection of translated poems. It's, uh, it's As you know, um, she's the author of Country of My Skull, in case you didn't know that, and it's published by Omuzi. And you're listening to and Literature. Stay with us.